0: to the Disrupt Your Career podcast, brought to you by Claire Harbour and Antoine Thiers. We're passionate about helping everyone find fulfillment in their work life. We believe that big, messy, uncharted career changes are inevitable and it's up to you to decide. Will you take control and disrupt or allow yourself to be disrupted? We wrote the book about it and now we share here our conversations with other thinkers in this crucial area. Settle down and get ready to listen to this dose of wisdom. Welcome, Hanna. I'd just like to introduce you as someone who helps leaders to thrive in disruption as a coach, as a board director, as an author and a speaker. Hanna had a previous career in global commercial and innovation roles at consumer and healthcare companies. And she now serves on boards, she speaks, she writes, and she shakes things up in general. She's a true disruptor. So welcome to the podcast, Hannah. It's wonderful to have you here.
1: Thank you so much, Claire. I look forward to connecting with you and your audience.
0: Definitely. We're delighted to have you here. And I should mention that Hannah has uh, very kindly given of her time previously, both in terms of helping us a little bit, or even quite a lot with the thinking for our first book, Disrupt Your Career, She gave us a lot of advice in terms of publishing and and thinking and getting through it, and we remembered that advice on many occasions as we went through the exercise. And she's also been kind to give time as an expert in terms of women on boards and an article that we wrote, I guess, getting on for two years ago now. Time goes awfully quickly. It feels like yesterday we were talking about that, but I'm pretty sure it was about two years ago. So let me ask you the first question about the book you've published recently called Wired for Disruption. Tell us about what inspired you to tackle this subject and what sort of response it's had so far.
1: Yeah, so I uh, start, I have been thinking late last year, I want to write a book about disruption because mm-hmm. we're faced with more disruption and how do leaders navigate disruption. Absolutely. And I thought about it. And then I had this really pivotal experience in January of this year I had I was at the World Economic Forum in Davos and Mm -hmm. happened to walk into a virtual reality experience Um, they have all kinds of really interesting cool things and so I thought I'm going to go do this and I walk in and you walk in this little room and um, they hand you a seed they handed me a seed and Mm -hmm. I was going to experience what it's like to be a tree And I thought, wow, how cool is that? (laughs) I love trees. You know, in the 1960s, I would be a a tree hugger if I was, (laughs) you know, that age. So I was like, okay, great. And so they they put a little, um, you know, kind of a headset. And then you have this backpack that they put me in. And they stood me in front um, of the screen, the virtual reality screen. And and, um, it was really powerful. And I sort of the first thing you see in the headset is in the screen in front of you is this um, like you're under the earth and you are this incredible um, seed. And, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, the seed starts to grow and I'm literally feeling like I'm, you know, becoming taller. (laughs) Like that's how the feeling is. Yeah. It's amazing how your body sort of adjusts your senses to what you're seeing. Right. And so, um, soon I'm this little shoot that's just shot out of the earth and I see this big ant on the side of me and there's some water and I'm like this little tiny little shoot and then I feel myself growing and then all of a sudden I, I, I see this I, I feel this tug literally this tug on my arm and there's woods around me uh, and I look and there is a parrot that's landed on my arm and I'm realized like I'm in the Amazon or something and this is yeah, beautiful yeah. bird. And then some other parrot lands and there's these beautiful sounds of the forest. And at night, um, night comes and, you know, I'm this canopy of stars that I'm so close to. And it reminded me of my time in Tibet. Um, when we started, you know, g- hiking toward, um, toward, uh, base camp for Mount mm-hmm. Everest. And the it's like this dark sea and then these twinkles right above you like literally right above you you can see them and um it was beautiful and i felt so deeply moved and connected to everything you know i love nature and it was just like oh my god this is amazing and then the morning came and um i heard some critters running and then i saw some smoke And then I heard some loggers coming. Oh, no. Mm. I saw fire and smoke. And literally, um, the forest floor was being burnt down. And I had this really moving experience of what it must feel like, I imagine, right Uh, to nature, um, for us to be destroying the planet. And I literally walked out uh, of that experience with with tears in my eyes and, um, just this sense of urgency, like what are we doing? Mm. What are we doing? You know, as human beings, this is, this decade is going to make a difference. Yeah. And, um, and as I sat with that and I thought, well, what can I do? I thought, you know, my work is really about helping people get, more conscious and connected Mm. with themselves, with others, and and now more and more with the planet, feel a a, a deep sense of connection and belonging to everything. Mm. And so that was the inspiration. And then the pandemic happened. (laughs) And so being an introvert, I decided, all right, well, this is the time to write this book. And so I went off into a little hole, I think. <laughs> and um, and uh, literally from mid-March um, through the end of May is when I wrote the book. Yeah, so, so, that, so it's an agile book is how I'm thinking about it. It's uh, basically um, the idea is to offer a first version of the book, get lots of feedback and collaboration and stories, Mm-hmm. And, then, and then make it better. Wonderful.
0: Um, let's talk a little bit more about disruption. We also think and write and talk a lot about disruption. We encourage it in the work that we do, both for our individual clients and readers to encourage them not to settle for careers and lives where they can be anything less than totally joyful, and to our corporate clients whom we advise to be braver, bolder, more inclusive and creative in the way they lead and engage with their talent. Tell us more about your model for disruption and how how our thinking overlaps or doesn't.
1: Yeah, so in my book, Wired for Disruption, The Five Shifts in Agility to Lead in the Future of Work, one of the questions that I really wanted to tackle is that we're really facing a decade of disruption here. Um, While many of us are wanting a normal to return, you know, the pre pandemic normal to return, that normal will never come back. Absolutely. And as leaders, we have an incredible opportunity to shape a better normal. Mm. Um, Our world has changed. So many organizations have done these almost forced experiments, right? As we all scramble. Um, I think I heard um, Satya Nadella, CEO of Microsoft, talk about how um, digital change and transformation has been moved up by 10 years. Yes. uh, Just in the last three. Mm. And so our world will continue to disrupt. Yeah. And I think many of us have this sense of disruption with this form of fear and anxiety, and, and that's normal as human beings but what i wanted to shed light on in the book is that we are actually wired for disruption we're wired to be agile as human beings mm-hmm. we've survived so many years right yeah. um and it's so important that we develop a new relationship with disruption um if we're going to learn how to thrive in times of disruption what i want to talk also about i do a lot of uh, as i talk about in the book um, we're, it's part of our DNA. And some of the, some of the switches that are frankly in our mind body, um, that we need to turn on in order to really thrive in disruption actually make us better leaders. And so I, the model is about the five shifts in agility. And let me take you through each of the five shifts. Hmm. So the first shift I talk about is what I call neuro emotional agility. And the reason why I start there is at our very core, right? Our behavior is determined by our state of being. And you know that, Claire, as a coach, right? So who we are when we're upset or stressed out is not the same person as who we are when we're completely at ease and creative and curious. So our mind-body state really matters Mm -hmm. in our leadership and it matters in our impact in the workplace and in the world. And so neuroemotional agility is the ability to get in touch with, accept where we are, emotionally, physically, in our neurobiology, and to proactively be able to shift it from states of threat, which is often how we get in Mm -hmm. times of disruption, to states of um, acceptance, to states of creating meaning from this disruption. And the sooner we can accelerate To states that are creative and curious, ourselves, as well as the people that we lead and manage, um, the more agile we're able to be, and frankly, the more we can shape a better future for ourselves, for our workplaces, and for the planet. So that's neuroemotional agility. The second form of agility is learning agility, and that's the ability to learn, unlearn, uh, and relearn. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what prevents us from being agile in times of change is that our mindsets are fixed. We sort of are always looking for who's the expert or where's the best practice because that's what we learned, right? Like there's a right or wrong answer. Yeah. But yeah. What we're faced with in times of disruption is incredibly complexity, right? So there's a lot of ambiguity. There's a lot of unpredictability, and the way that we need to shift our mindset is one to getting rid of that old mindset of looking for the expert necessarily, you know, or looking for a best practice, but doing a lot of experiments. Mm-hmm. So how do we really learn new mindsets that help us thrive? Yeah, And unlearn the old mindsets, which is even harder. Mm-hmm. Um, the third is trust agility. So in the future, and we've already seen this in, t- in this COVID time, we're going to have teams that are going to be fluid and agile right? So teams come together to solve problems and how do you quickly create trust in virtual teams, in teams spanning across globe, in teams that have multi-generations, in teams that are just coming together to solve this problem and then will disperse to go to solve another problem. Mm -hmm. I think rigid organizational structures are going to go away for agile organizations. So how do you as a leader quickly create trust within your team? So that brings up trust agility. The fourth is stakeholder agilities. And where that agility is so important is that we're increasingly solving collective problems that no one individual can solve. So whether that is the issue of the pandemic and how we come together across an ecosystem to solve that problem, because no one person can do it, we realize that we're so interdependent. Or whether it's climate change, or whether it is a problem that you're trying to solve for it, within your company and your ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, we're increasingly having to collaborate with people over whom we have no control in the hierarchy, right? They don't report to us. They don't um, necessarily care, right, what our goals yep. and yep. objectives are. Uh, and in fact, they might even be outside of our organizational boundaries. And so how do I learn to be really agile to? Creating and influencing uh, with my stakeholders. And the fifth form of agility is growth agility. And that agility is how do we reskill, upskill people to learn all of this at scale? How do we do that? Because we need a billion people. The World Economic Forum has a manifesto, created a manifesto to reskill and upskill a billion people yeah. at scale. And so, how do we do that in this coming decade by 2030? Um, We each have to be responsible for our own growth, but we also have to be responsible for the growth of the people around us. And how do we do that? Indeed.
0: So a lot of nurturing of of different kinds involved in this agility and no no perfect answers. But tell me a little bit about about the clients you work with around these themes. Who would you cite as as the role models of the companies or the leaders who are embracing some of these ideas and getting on with doing great things?
1: Yes, yes, I think that's great. So I think um, one of the examples of leaders that I would cite is um, the CEO of Microsoft, Satya Nadella. I think he has done an incredible job of really calling out purpose, values, finding opportunity in this crisis. I mean, Microsoft Teams has been deployed across, you know, all these enterprises as we've all gone virtual really quickly. Um, I think it's the job of leaders to very quickly come into a situation, assess where it is that I have a sense of purpose, where it is that I have some strengths and resources to be able to be part of the solution. Yeah. And I think that whether you're the CEO of Microsoft or you are an employee working inside of an organization, you know, it's up to each of us. And, and the book offers 15 tools and accelerators um, that are very sort of clear. I wanted to create a really practical book because yeah. nobody's got time to read big tomes, right? Absolutely. So it's got these accelerators. And one of the accelerators, um, Claire, is... Uh, what I call the Purpose Accelerator, and it's about in the midst of disruption, how do I know and how can I find my contribution so I can step up to be a leader that shapes an emerging future that really is better uh, and is connected with a sense of purpose that I believe in. Beautiful. That's, that's wonderful to be
0: thinking in that way and certainly for all potential readers, knowing that there are some immediately usable tools and, and things that can be done from your book, that it's not just yet another theory pontificating about some beautiful utopic future sounds, sounds like a great recipe, henna. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about how you see disruption playing out in the talent management function in these organizations or indeed for individuals. All of us know that careers are shifting. They're not linear. They're messy. We wrote a book about that, but you know, this whole time is changing a lot. What, what how do you see the organizations that you work with or the, the ones that you study, in terms of the way they're viewing talent and how to use it, get better value out of all of us, and and create something even stronger for the future?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a great question, Claire. And I know you and Antoine have done a lot of work in this area around disrupting your career. Mm-hmm which I think it's so important. What I love about the work that you all are doing is for an uh, individual leader to have agency, right? I'm not waiting to be disrupted because Absolutely. it will happen mm-hmm. um, that I am in charge yes. of my ability to create a beautiful career and a joyful career, as you said, um, for, for myself. Um, what I see is more and more, organizations as a result of this crisis are going to figure out how to become more agile in their business model. So right and left, we're seeing people lay people off, right? Mm -hmm. As organizations right size, Um, we're seeing people more and more move work outside of their organization. So I think more and more organizations will figure out what is essential work where I can create competitive advantage and what is work that I can buy from outside or borrow from outside. And so as companies become more agile in their business model, they will shed in a lot of areas and then outsource that. So Absolutely. I think that's one thing that people just need to become aware of, right? Yes. The other Please, thing that... Sorry to interrupt, but just to yeah, comment yeah.
0: on that. Yeah. We recently interviewed Edie Goldberg. I don't know if you've come across her, and her. She's just written this amazing book, The Inside Gig. So we love that approach, too, where you're not necessarily throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You're actually saying there's probably more talent inside this organization than we know about currently, and finding smart ways to access it so that... Um, you can actually redouble the value that you get out of people.
1: Yes. I think that's such a beautiful model. And I have to look up the book. Um, I think more and more organizations that are really thoughtful um, in terms of both planning agility for their own businesses, but also creating agile leaders within those organizations are creating what I am seeing, call, uh, like sort of open marketplaces. And I just um, talked recently with the CEO of, it's um, the North America president of Schneider Electric. His name is yeah. Amr Paul, and he and I were talking, and he's talking about how what they are creating is an internal marketplace of you know sort of projects where people can list. what projects, right, managers are looking for. And an employee, for example, in R&D, who's very curious about marketing and feel like they want to get some experience in that area might actually bid for that project. And now it creates this, you know, open marketplace of both talents and skill sets and learning opportunities for people on the one hand, and then for people, managers that are looking for help um, you know, this notion of getting access to talent, the vast pool of talent inside of the organization and getting to know people. What I love about it is it really um, makes the process of networking a lot more democratic, right? It's not about who did you play golf with? And we're not playing golf very much these days, but <laughs> it's, like it's all virtual. Yeah, And I love that because then it also, from an individual leader perspective, it just gives you the opportunity to go explore, right? Which is Absolutely. what... You know this complex environment that we 're in is all about it. It kind of unshackles you and gives you the freedom to go learn something new and make yourself more valuable
0: absolutely so agility is is clearly paramount there, and one of the books that we're thinking about absolutely is is looking at agility from all all kinds of different angles um, within the career paradigm so um, obviously. We're, you know, we're all thinking to some extent about the same kinds of things, not surprising, they're very contextual, very contemporary, but it's, it's wonderful to be seeing how, how we align. So I know that we're relatively short of time today, so I'd love to know also about, you know, you wrote that book in a remarkably small space of time, um, and it was very specifically uh, inspired, but tell me, what are you working on now? What's next for Henna?
1: wow i love that question um the thing that's really intriguing me right now and i'm actually that's going to be my thinking around my next book claire is crucible experiences oh tell me about that (laughs) so i think this pandemic certainly um has created a lot of crucible experiences for people and Um, I think of a crucible experience as one where you feel incredibly stretched and you almost feel like you're up against a wall and you don't know what to do next. Um, And I think this decade will create lots more of those kinds of experiences for people. And what do people do when those crucible experiences happen? I'm really curious about that. How do we use these crucible experiences to grow? Right. You could either get PTSD or you could get post-traumatic growth. And yes. how do you how do you create leaders at scale who are able to have post-traumatic growth? Absolutely. And that's something that like is really intriguing to me, um, because as I reflect back on my own career, you know, I've had some crucible experiences. And did I learn from them? Mm. You know, did I use them to grow Uh, and become stronger and more connected to myself, to others, and to the planet? Or did I shut down? Mm -hmm. And I think we're all going to get a lot more of these kinds of experiences, and how do we navigate them? Uh, That's what I'm really curious about these days. That's
0: super exciting, and uh, we will definitely be wanting to stay in touch on that subject. Uh, One of the things we're looking at is, is the way people grow in organizations as they're nurtured by what we're thinking of as talent champions. So not necessarily the HR people or the L&D people, but just those people who happen to attract and and nurture and encourage growth, often by stretching people way beyond the confines of what they do, you know, what they're defined as doing. So I'm guessing that we'll be able to have some quite interesting conversations offline as well on this, because you'll discover things and we, we need to discover people and, and together we can, I'm sure, help each other on this. but. How wonderful to be, to be thinking in the, same sort of, in the same sort of direction in these strange times. So, Henna, I'm really grateful to you for having joined us today. Um, it's, it's wonderful to hear all that you're working on, all that you're thinking about, that this particular time is inspiring you and not putting you into, into trauma syndrome, but into growth and, and development. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and I just want to thank you again for coming.
1: Well, beautiful. uh, It's my pleasure, Claire, and uh, I would love to stay connected. For sure. We will do that. Take care, stay safe, and we'll be talking soon,
0: for sure. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed hearing from this month's guest as much as we did. Do go and check out our work on disrupt-your-career.com and come back soon. Thank you.